Welcome to Breaking the Cycle of Poverty featuring Jay Height, Executive Director of Shepherd Community Center in Indianapolis. My name is Tim Swearens, and I'm your host for these conversations that explore why poverty remains such a persistent problem in the United States. On this episode, we're discussing the challenges that children and their families often face during the summer when schools are typically out and support systems may not be available. Jay, we often think of the last day of school as a, as a celebration, you know, and the start of summer filled with fun and excitement. But that's not the reality for many of our neighbors. Uh, what are some common challenges that people living in poverty face when school's out for an extended period? Yeah, you know, Tim, you, you mentioned that last day of school and the excitement of it being the last day of school. That generally was my teacher's. Um, <laughs> And uh, they were glad that I would, they moved me on so they didn't have me again. Um, but, you know, I had a plan of the summer. I was going to play Little League. I was going to uh, go to Kings Island. I was going to, you know, deliver newspapers and, and paint people's houses and, and mow yards. And, and I was going to have fun. And I was going to go to the library. And I had my library card. And... I would read, and I explored the world through books. Um, I'm so old that I actually read Tolkien before it was a movie, and uh, and they didn't look like anything that they... Yeah. So I was able to travel the world in my imagination. What we know from the book Freakonomics is that if kids have six books, they'll do academically better. Mm-hmm. Poverty in in Indianapolis is lack of access, not the lack of... Uh, of resource. Are there plenty of books for kids to read? It's that access. So, you know, our partnership with the Indianapolis Marion County Public Library, where we have a small library in our building and kids have library cards and they can access, that's one of the things that we're trying to bring stuff that maybe you and I took for granted and others did growing up. Right. Uh, I always look forward to the reading clubs and getting the little prizes during the summer, and my kids did too. And, and so we want to incentivize that same way we're going to make sure that the kids have their meals. Uh, it is a, t- a difficult time. Uh, hunger is, is a reality. And what we know is those in poverty tend to lose two months of their educational achievement during the summer if they're not being academically challenged. So what's that say? Again, my math teacher would be very surprised. That means through elementary school, they've lost one grade level. And, and so what, what we're trying to say is we're going to move them forward. We're not going to, we don't want to maintain, we want to move them forward. And so that's where we're really excited that uh, what makes different at Shepherd is, yes, we have a school, yes, we have an after school, but we also have a summer program and it's fun, but it's not just fun. Half the day, they're taking classes. We have teachers coming in, teaching them. And, and so 91% of the kids who have been multiple years in our program are reading at grade level. That's a huge deal. And it's, it's really because of the great staff and volunteers who are investing in our kids, but it's this idea that it's 12 months a year. It's not just nine months a year. Uh, we're working hard on our STEM and math to try to bring those up. And uh, if you, for any kid in our program, they're reading 72% at grade level. Uh, tragically, that's not the story for many urban kids. It's it's way lower Much than that. Much worse, yes. Uh, and so we want to make sure they have the foundations. One, they're safe. Two, that they have access to the things they need. They're going to have food. They're going to have breakfast. They're going to have lunch. They're going to take home food for the weekend. 
we're going to make sure that if someone's not feeling well, they have access to see somebody. Uh, not that I'm excited, but we've had two who suffered broken bones, and we're going to make sure that they get taken care of and go to the hospital and help that family pay that bill uh, because sometimes those are huge hardships. Yeah. And, and then helping them support the parent or parents uh, during the summer is, is, is as important because we know that inflation has made it tough. So mm -hmm. that's why we have the laundromat here where families can do their laundry and volunteer or take classes uh, while they get to do their laundry. Those are the types of things that we can do that layer on the support to the families. Summer day camps and other child care arrangements can, can be very expensive. How do, how do families living in poverty cope with that expense, that challenge of child care? Yeah, it is difficult. It costs $12 for the whole summer to be in our summer program. When it was free, about half the kids showed. Yeah. Uh, charging $12 for the summer, and we have 90% attendance. And, and so I tell folks, you know, free doesn't denote value. But we want to make it as, as cost-effective uh, for them as possible. We know the value that we return is much greater. You know, we have a great partnership with CareSource, and uh, they're making sure that all the kids will start back to school with new shoes. And we're able to support those types of things. Um, so the, we, we want to support and help set the kids up but we want them to have some buy-in. And we've had some parents who didn't have that money. And by the way, if it's a family of kids, it's $25 max, and they can volunteer to make up for it. Um, and we're open on July 4th. Why would we be open? Well, July 4th, we celebrate independence, liberation uh, for our country. And we think that it's important because our kids uh, haven't got to celebrate that liberation from poverty. And, uh, and so many of our kids come on that day, not all of them, but they're not going to get to go away for the lake or on vacation that week. Um, so we're open and here and the kids got a meal. I was, uh, helping serve on July 4th and, uh, one of the little boys was walking out and he was excited and he had two granola bars in his hand. I said, what you got there? And he said, dinner. Mm. And so, uh, therein lies, uh, we, we've got to make sure the basic needs are met. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit more. Help our listeners understand the reality of, we talk, you talked about summer learning loss. There's summer food loss as well. What does that look like for our neighbors? It means you eat cereal with water because you can't afford the milk. It means that you get the 10 cent Raymond noodles instead of the 12 cent because you get another pack. Uh, it means that um, you don't always eat healthy because carbs fill you up. Mm -hmm. uh, because you can't afford to eat healthy. You know, if you want to eat healthy at a grocery store, you shop on the outside of the store, right? Uh, all of the healthy things, the fresh and all, tends to be on the outside of the, of the, of the uh, not on the outside, but on the exterior of the, of the floor plan. It's, it's the cheaper part is the canned foods and things like that. And, and so many times our neighbors have to shop there. So making food go, and with inflation, it's been such a disproportionate tax on the poor that we've tried to support that. We see a continued increase in numbers of people needing help. Yeah. 
So let's talk about that again a little bit more in terms of the how Shepherd is closing that gap in terms of providing food, not just during the summer, but year-round. Well, we deliver food to uh, folks who don't have a vehicle, are too sick to get out, or elderly. And we partnership with Gleaners. We do about 150 a week. My wife and I do that each week. And it's a huge blessing uh, for us to see our friends and family members on their front porch and helping them be able to navigate these difficult, choppy economic times. Uh, we have a, a walk-up pantry every Saturday. Um, 85 to 100 folks will come. That's run by our neighbors. And then we do this uh, drive-through pantry every other Friday. And uh, if it gets too hot, we take it inside the building, but generally we're in the parking lot and have volunteers come to help provide the food, and we'll have anywhere from 250 to 275 families get food from that. Uh, and then we send food packs home every weekend with kids in our programs. So there are tremendous needs, and Shepherd can't begin to meet those needs on its own. How can our listeners help support uh, neighbors in need? Well, I would say this. You know, Gleaners is a great partner, and uh, supporting Gleaners is always a good thing because they're they're very good to us, and uh, we appreciate that partnership. Uh, maybe someone wants to donate uh, items. Maybe we buy a lot of the food. We have to buy through Gleaners uh, as they've struggled to get donations too, and so maybe someone wants to donate towards that. Um, maybe someone wants to do a food drive for us, and uh, those are all things that help us in that arena. Uh, we're working so that the students, when they end the school year, will have a back or end the summer programs to start the school year. They'll have a backpack with all of the school supplies that's age appropriate for whatever grade they're in. They'll have shoes. They'll uh, have socks. Uh, we want to help them start back. So Shepherd is a Christian ministry, but but a wide range of partners. It's you, know, you have churches, but you also have lots of business partners. Yes, and we appreciate those partners who help make it. Whether it's O'Brien Toyota, who helps us in so many different ways, including employing some of our students and 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 helping them go on to college to become trained uh, Toyota mechanics, and they do very well. My wife wants me to become a Toyota mechanic, but I can't fix anything. Um, Care Source has been a good partner working with us to help our neighbors in the neighborhood who are, their Medicaid is, uh, they're having to recertify and they don't know how and we're able to help them and we're seeing a great percentage of those, of those folks uh, get re-signed up and, and maintain their coverage. You'll see that Care Source sponsors our uh, transportation van where we help folks get to their doctor's appointments, and we appreciate that. Uh, Morales Group mm -hmm. has helped us in both volunteering and financially supporting us, uh, but also helping provide employment. It, it's really a, the whole gambit, and someone says, well, what could I do? Well, what's your passion? What, tell us what it is, and we'll figure out a way, I'm sure, uh, that you can intersect into the lives of our neighbors and be able to help them grow their capacity to reduce dependency. And and also just individuals can help. Uh, you mentioned in an earlier episode people dropping off tomatoes from their garden. Yes. It, you know, um, people love to garden. I am not one of those. My dad did, which meant that I had to. Uh, and I said, when I grow up, I will never do that. Uh, I think that um, people might have extra green beans or things, and we'll get those to the families. Uh, you know, one of our passions is to use our teaching kitchen more, and maybe someone says, hey, I can come teach how to make vegetable soup or, you know, fill in the blank of whatever it might be. 
And we want to help our students learn, grow their capacity. We have our Young Mothers Program, Project Jordan. We bring them in and teach them. So it's, it's all these different aspects. Yes. Thank you, Jay. For, for 37 years, Shepherd Community has made a lasting difference in the lives of thousands and thousands of neighbors. And the Shepherd team couldn't do that work without the support of donors, partners, and volunteers. To learn more about how you can help, please visit shepherdcommunity.org. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Tim.